Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Angels in Politics podcast. This is the White Collar Goon, and you are tuned into the segment Journals to Confections, which is Confections in Psychology, written by none other than myself, the White Collar Goon, detailing my times whilst abroad working on the water. Cruise ship life. All right. So this is excerpt number four from the journal. And I wrote this around, well, it says August 29th, okay? And I got there in mid-July, so about a month and a half in. And here we go. To be fair, I don't know why I was feeling some kind of way last night, but I was. I had a few beverages you know how I tend to mix my wine and beer, and I was enjoying myself when I kept, <clears throat> what is that word? Oh, when I kept seeing this woman, okay? The same woman for the, from the first all-crew party. Now, I'm not going to stunt because you know I don't, <laughs> you know I don't use the terms to degrade a woman. Wait, wait, let me go back. Now, I'm not going to stunt because you know I don't use terms to degrade women based on their behavior. But to be honest, I was jealous. This chick just bounces from table to table, dude to dude. She bats her eyes and twirls her hair at every motherfucker in the room. And it normally doesn't bother me, but last night it did. Last night it did. It's like, what is it about teasing motherfuckers? Like, why why do girls do that? Is it about attention? Is she actually fucking hella niggas? Or is it just a front? Like... You know, like I told myself last night that I that I've had it. I've had it. I'm going to go back to my old ways and it's time to start fucking. I'm talking like really like fuck it. I, I, I tried the cool shit. I've um, I've done the nice shit. Now I'm about to hit him with the real deal. The white collar goon will be making an appearance tonight and from now on. It might as well be Evil Red Flame Edition. That's a little B reference. Shout out to the base guy. But I still want to maintain a relatively good reputation. I can't allow shit to get out of hand like my freshman year of college, but it's time to put the it's time to put the M on the head. It's <laughs> it's time to put the M on my forehead like I'm Vegeta. Back whenever he was on that Majin Vegeta stage, okay? Homegirl brought the goon back out. And it is time. Alright, so that's where I left off, or that's where I finished that. I'm going to, you know, give you a little bit of insight as to <laughs> um, that situation. So this young lady... Um, it's, it's fit, you know, she, she's attractive and put it this way. She would have been the type of girl. No, she is the type of girl that I, that I like, 
but I tend to like her features, put it that way. So she caught my eye whenever I was there and, and, you know, I noticed her and, um, we talked and we spoke at a party and, um, we, I don't, I can't say became close, but you know how that goes at parties. Right. And a few days later, or maybe a week or two later, you know, I would see her, you know, like, because working on the ship, everything is inclusive. Everything is together. You see the same people every day. Um, you're in the same quarters for food and for, for the bar and everybody sleeps relatively in the same quarters. So, you know, there's, there's no way around <laughs> people once you're on, once you have in a relationship or if you have any type of situation with somebody like you can't dodge them especially on a cruise ship because just like the saying we're all in, we're all in the same boat uh for people who work on the seas they are literally <laughs> on the same boat with everybody so um this woman in particular probably aroused or <laughs> enticed some emotions for me based on the fact that I wasn't assertive or aggressive after that crew party, you know, that first party that we met or I introduced myself to her and I, I don't even know if I introduced myself to her. I think I, I mean, just after that party, we kind of, I wouldn't use, I wouldn't use the word hooked up, but I mean, because that insinuates more than what happened. We kissed at a party, you know, and after that, I didn't follow up or I, maybe I wasn't aggressive enough or I really didn't, you know, it, it was almost like it was almost as if she was waiting to see from me like, all right, bro, are you going to, are you serious about this? Are you, are you going to, are you going to come after this? Are you, are you going to make a move? Like, I mean, you made a move that night. Like, you know, so like, are, is this, is this a thing? And I didn't, you know, or maybe I was nervous or maybe whatever the case may be, or maybe I just wasn't, <sighs> active at that time whenever whenever I should have been because uh you know how it can go at a crew party or any type of social event sometimes um when you're on the sauce a lot of times when you're on the sauce and as guys that's whenever we make uh, the moves quote unquote that's when you got you know you know that's when you get your second wind or some people call it your liquid courage and you know there's a lot of women who would articulate or they would vocalize how they don't like being hit on in bars because of that reason. Or there's some girls who say, well, there's some girls who say they don't like getting hit on in bars because of that reason. Because, you know, guys get drunk and then now all of a sudden they become confident or now they're outspoken or now they're like direct and manly. But, you know, seven days a week, 24-7, <laughs> you know, any other time was like, that's not happening. But after the whiskeys have like flowed and now you're like Clark Kent in this motherfucker, right? But um I think and there's another and there's other there's an other end of the spectrum whereby there are women who probably say, honestly, like they don't see guys approaching them at all unless it's at a bar, you know. Unless it's alcohol involved, you know? So it's like not to say they don't find guys at all. But this was just interesting. I talked to uh, some girls from the UK, and they were, she was like relatively young, maybe like 25, 24 or 25 around that time. But she was, <laughs> she was trying to articulate how like guys in England, or maybe it was just where she was from. She wasn't from London. So it, she said guys in England don't approach 
women, uh, what we will call the cold approach. Cold approach meaning they're not in the same class. They're not. They don't work together. They they don't have mutual friends. So there wouldn't be a way to link them together unless unless somebody <laughs> made the first move. And in that in that capacity, she was saying how men don't approach women or for her case she was saying how no matter how good you look or how attractive girls are the guys in her region aren't gonna be like hi can I take you out for coffee or hi I'm really interested in you like you know it's it's not necessarily like that and the girl I'm speaking about on the ship she's from she was from London so it's like I think (laughs) and she was in (laughs) say she was she is she's not dead (laughs) she was cool you know she's cool like it it wasn't she was easy to talk to and um I don't know she she wasn't some posh upscale upper middle class type of girl she she (laughs) she worked (laughs) I guess she she worked with like cosmetics and makeup and she liked to party she liked to drink you know she smoked cigarettes so you know she she was she was she was probably more in alignment with my lifestyle than, than, than other girls or whatever the case may be. But, you know, long story short, it was, it was a interesting time for me when I first got on the ship because of one, everything that led up to it, you know, I mean, two, two years prior to that, I was, you know, living overseas and I had that uh, chapter in my life. And then, you know, returning to the States to see your family and friends and colleagues and, uh, you know, brothers and, you know, you, you, you link up and it's almost like you time traveled <laughs> to me. It's, it's almost like I, I jumped in a, a rocket ship like Matt McConaughey in, in um, Interstellar. And it's, <laughs> it's like I went up in space and I came back down and uh, <laughs> I experienced so much in space or I experienced so much in my in my journey and coming back to the to where you're from or coming back like down to earth so to speak and trying to articulate or and fully contextualize your experiences to people who can't even conceptualize or fathom what it is that you did where did you go what the you know what i'm saying like that type of thing was was going on so recalibration was there's a lot of recalibrating going on whenever i was back at home so me joining the ship i i wasn't like on a roll confidence wise <laughs> i wasn't i wasn't i wasn't aligned i wasn't my mind body and soul weren't together i wasn't in the i wasn't clicking on all cylinders <laughs> but in that way I, I wasn't firing off i wasn't functioning at an optimal level so that played into my confidence. That played into my self esteem, uh, which causes you to judge it. Which causes which causes you to um, think critically of yourself, uh, almost like you want to, you, like you're putting yourself down, and then you you're in the cycle of like dark thoughts or just thoughts that are that that invoke or evoke negative emotions, and it's like you're in this cloud, you're in this lull, you're in this downward almost like spiral and you know I wasn't at that I, I, I didn't feel I was at that moment I didn't feel I was in a downward spiral at that moment but as I sat there and I you know of course after you have a few drinks things start to you know get a little 
misconstrued in your body or you start to, to feel the, the alcohol hits, put it that way. And I'm sitting there looking at this girl and I really wasn't upset with her. Like I got jealous because she's, I was jealous because she was out there, you know, flirting away, getting a lot of attention from guys. And I mean, I mentioned this before on the cruise ship, you know, it's a, it's a, it's an 80 to 20 type of type of ratio there. So it's like very few, very few, extremely few women in comparison to the men. And she was actually like well fit. You know what I'm saying? She was in her 20s, upper 20s, 28, 29, something like that. And, you know, you know, attractive, attractive and, you know, had confidence. So she stood out <laughs> and with every woman stands out, but like she, she, she would definitely stand out. So I didn't. I felt some kind of way. It just I felt some kind of way about the dynamics. I, I wish there were there were more women around so the competition could be a bit more even, so the supply and demand could be a bit more uh equal. I kinda I, I wish I I kind of uh, wish that I was more mm, direct after the fact, you know, not just whenever I was drinking the vodka and drinking beer. Yeah, yeah, you can push up on a girl and kiss her in the face whenever you're rolling like that but um I was you know I was beating myself up on the fact that like I had I I quote unquote you know had that two weeks ago and not had it like sexually but like I had it in the bag I could have I could have pursued it I could have been the guy that you know she was sitting with or I could have been the guy that she was like coming over to you know stay the night with but I wasn't, you know, and I was looking around and I was seeing other people who were or not. Maybe they not. Maybe they weren't at the time. Like, there's no way of, you knowing what's going on with other people behind closed doors. But I was seeing that she was open and she, she was open. She's flirtatious. Uh, she was uh, and she very much liked the attention from men, which isn't uh, too hard to grasp. Like, I mean, I definitely enjoy the attention from women so it's like that it was just an internal conflict it was an internal conflict with where i was in life where i saw myself how i almost based my confidence i based my confidence based on my accomplishments you know like or i assessed my confidence level according to my accomplishments and if i didn't feel or at that time i didn't feel accomplished um then everything was affected by that my mind my body and my soul so that's where i was you know and it's funny because i even asked my homegirl who was sitting with me at the at the bar and i was like why do girls do that like what like what's up with this type of shit like why, why are girls just all about the tease in the game and she she just wasn't having it because she knew and uh well she knew and she even vocalized it to me she didn't say it straight up that way but she she knew like Bro, you can have you can date any girl that you want, or you can date her easily. Like it's it's not it's not hard for guys to to be with women in the sense of learning more about them and spending time. I think a lot of guys shoot themselves in the foot. I'm, not only do I think, I know because I'm one of them. Uh, a lot of us break ourselves down and shoot ourselves in the foot, and you know we we have taking ourselves out of the game before we even put ourselves in the game. You know, like you we we didn't even give yourself you didn't even give yourself a shot, you know, before you started um I don't know. until you started with the self-deprecating like remarks about yourself. The 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 dis the disparaging remarks about yourself kind of like shows it's almost like you're portraying to women that you're not worthy and if you show 
women that you're not worthy, then they're going to see or they're going to take that energy and say, well, maybe you're not. Like, You're probably not. You know what I'm saying? Like if you if you put a woman on a pedestal and you've lowered yourself to make yourself feel inferior because you don't think like you should be even dating a woman like that or you think she's too pretty because all of your previous girlfriends weren't pretty like that or, you know, whatever, whatever the case may be, that's what holds up guys from... I don't know, finding their significant other or just getting the confidence to just speak to women and be comfortable around women. You know, it's like, you know, you've you've already analyzed how your clothes look and if you're you got the right edge up and your hair's cut and and you've already analyzed who she talks to and who she's dating. Because if she's dating other guys, you know, he might have a better job and he might have more money. And he might be more established. So why would she want you? And, who, you know, it's like you've you've overthought what what the simple aspect of social interactions are or the you 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 complicated or you you made it you made a complex equation out of something that is very simple and it's just masculine energy the divine masculine the divine feminine you know uh just the the polarization of boys and girls men and women <clears throat> the 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 polarization of uh the 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 softness and and the softness of women and the and the strength in men or the or the soft or the softness in men and the strength in women is there there needs to be like those polar those polar opposites to arouse or to um, cultivate a sexual relationship and uh, for a sexual attraction you know there, there there needs to be hot and cold and the yin and the yang and and Men, we have that naturally, and women have that naturally, but you have to be confident. You have to be comfortable with yourself. Hello, hello. Welcome to the Angels in Politics <laughs> podcast. This is the White Collar Goom. I got a vignette for you that just um, that I wrote after my um, excerpt um, that I just finished with, with the homegirl from the ship, the one that had me, quote-unquote, in my feelings. Not quote-unquote, she did. Um... It goes, I got daughters your age, and I done seen that same shit tenfold. Seen that same shit tenfold. Seen that same shit frequently. I got daughters your age, and I done seen that same shit tenfold. Seen that same shit tenfold. Seen that same shit frequently. Got daughters your age, and I done seen that same shit tenfold. Seen that same shit ten. Seen that same shit ten. Okay, so the reason why I say that is because it's like, hey man, girls are gonna front, girls are gonna stun, girls are gonna, you know, project a certain type of imagery to you just to throw you off. But let me let you know, homegirl, we've been teaching, we've been educating, and even though we are still young in wisdom or in mental years, we've we've already seen that, we've been there, we've done that, and. Shit, we we almost got daughters at the same age as you doing the same things that you're doing. So it's like the fact that I've worked with the youth, the fact that I've worked with the teens, the fact that, you know what I'm saying, we've lived this life. Homegirl, you can't you can't throw me off with these tactics. I done seen that same shit. I done seen it tenfold, you know? I, I've seen it so much where it's like, come on. All right. The next journal entry was maybe like two Actually, the next day, you know, August 30th. 
So, last night, I had to hit homegirl with the Dom Kennedy Oasis lyric. <laughs> the wild thing is, I didn't even, <laughs> the wild thing is, I didn't even get the pussy. But the way I pulled up on old girl and dipped was the key. Listen, I stepped to her ear and told her that I wanted her badly, you know. Just just simple. The next time the next time I might have to hit her with that camel blues vignette from <laughs> Man Design and say, I want you so bad. Alright. The the crew party was last night or the all crew party was last night and I had to low key show face in all white. I was in my all white last night. I have I had my scope on this Romanian bombshell, but she was literally pulled, <laughs> pulled away from my engagement because her homegirl knew. And I wrote that in all caps. Her homegirl knew for a fact that it would have been over for her in 60 seconds flat if she would have let me continue talking to her. She had to pull her away. All right. Where am I at with it? Oh man, I love the page. Um, sixty seconds flat. Who knows what's gonna go down within the next few weeks? But I just might have. <laughs> Who knows what's gonna go down within the next few weeks? But I just might have a girlfriend in this bitch. <laughs> I've been on a ten-year hiatus, <laughs> so shit just might have to go down. You know, there's also some shorties that need to catch this work before they sign off. So. Sign off means before they leave the ship. So, yeah. I'm going to have to put the mask on like my nigga Lou would say. And I need to keep a low profile and remember to separate the women from the pack. This and only this will be my determining factor to my success. Alright. That was... That was July... No, that was August 30th. And this is going to be for... This next entry is um, September, September 1st, 2018. Let's have a conversation. Um, I had a meeting with a man from Belize. He was playing the saxophone on the road in the middle of Belize City. And he had his own African-based company called Drums Not Guns. He spoke about how in the 50s and 60s, when he was growing up in Belize, they were about 90% black people, and they were the most literate country in the Caribbean region. Now, they are roughly 40% of the country, black people, and the the literacy rate has dropped tremendously. He spoke about how it's so easy to access a gun in Belize, and how there are senseless deaths amongst the younger generations and that's directly linked to the lack of intellect and verbal technology that is needed to properly communicate i have to agree with them like as i stood there in the middle of the sidewalk and talked with them i became happy i was i was glad that i got to meet him you know earlier on i was snapping photos of the streets of belize and i was you know and i started to take his picture from the other side of the road 
and he dipped out. He, he he dipped out of the the camera shot, and almost as if he could see that I was going to capture a photo of him without his permission, <laughs> which he did. You know, and he covered his head and he walked away. And uh, this is why he stopped me on my walk back and asked me for a conversation. He felt that like at least <laughs> I owed him that much. You know, I, I took his picture. Why can I not have a conversation with him? And um, that's really where I stopped with that one, uh, with that excerpt. But I, I loved going to Belize because, well, I loved meeting that individual in Belize because it, he was powerful. You know, he, he spoke about the history and he really brought, he really contextualized the, uh, the, the, the past concerning Belize within, like I say, 50, 60 years. So within the past 60 or 50 years. And he really brought it to present day. And the issues that they have in Belize are the same issues that they have in the States or Central America, all over the world. You know, people are so quick for to use violence or people are so quick to get physical. <laughs> but that's because they lack the verbal technology. That's because they're not aware of the intellect or I'm not going to say they're not aware of it. They haven't tapped into their intellect because um, the behaviors that they're used to have been normalized. It's been, it's, they've been indoctrinated in the sense that the only way you can solve your problem is unless you fight somebody or, or shoot somebody or stab somebody. It's not, it's not like you can talk these things through or you can plan how to fix things or you can come up with, you know, you can devise you can devise a plan or have methods in place to come to a solution, come to come to a, a solution to these problems that you're faced with through conversation. So I think that's really important. I think that's terribly important. My color room. Welcome to the Angels and Politics Podcast. This is the White Collar Goon, and I am happy to have you here. First and foremost, have you had a meal? Have you had your dinner? Okay. This excerpt from the Journal to Confections is right after the September 1st journal entry, so it's Probably a day or two, or a few days afterwards. I don't have a date on this. I did have a dream the other night when I drove to the shopping center near my home. You know where the Huddle House and Walmart would normally be? But instead, there was a pizza parlor. I don't know if I was... I don't know if I was there to pick up pizza for the family or not. But as I was there, I noticed a few things. <laughs> One, the pizza was supposedly really good. <laughs> Two, my homie, who I grew up, I can say I grew up with, but he lived in my neighborhood growing up, um, was working there. His name was Lewis Johnson. And he was working there. He's normally at the 7-Eleven or maybe his wife that normally works there at that corner location. Um, but I don't know. In this dream, he was he was there at the pizza parlor. The most important piece was the manager, who was some mid-40s, beautiful, brown-skinned woman 
who seem to have respected my aesthetic. Uh, I don't know, but um, <laughs> I found her gazing at me as I noticed her, and <laughs> I don't know. She asked if I wanted a job. She was the manager of this pizza parlor. I laughed sheepish, <laughs> sheepishly <laughs> and told her that I was good and thank you. I'll think about it. She then invites me out that night to some party and I agree to that, you know. Fast forward, <laughs> I'm at some outdoor venue with my boys. These are my fraternity brothers, Delante and Derek, and we are dancing and enjoying ourselves, you know. I look up and I see the pizza lady or the pizza lady manager on the dance floor with some very, very attractive and younger Latin <laughs> Latina friends. And I'm making eye contact with uh, I'm making eye contact with one and and I'm making eye contact with her and before I know it, the boss lady is on me. Uh, I mean, we're just dancing, dancing face to face, but she comes over and <laughs> as we're dancing face to face, her pelvis is grinding on my shaft. She starts licking my face and we're just in the middle of the dance floor swapping tongues. We're just, we're just going at it. We're just kissing and just, just swapping tongues. She tells me that I'm coming home with her, and I tell her that I honestly would be. <laughs> she she tells me that I'm coming home with her, and I tell her that I honestly would be of no use since I already came. <laughs> since I came already, <laughs> there's no point in me coming back home with you. I wake up from the dream, and I check my box of briefs, and sure enough shit went down Goom. P.S. it must have been the way I looked at her tits when she removed her piece of uniform from the first day so yeah uh, I don't know if that's I don't know if that's what triggered I don't know if that's what triggered it but um, I mentioned that in the dream when I, I first went to this little pizza parlor near my house I noticed my homie Working there, I, I was aware that they had good pizza, but when I saw the manager come out from the back, in my in my journal, I wrote that she was looking at me, and she, and she respected my aesthetic, but before, you know how women do, like women don't, sometimes women make a point not to look at guys, or look at you in your face, or if they do look at you, they make sure that they look at you when you're not looking at them, that type of thing, I guess it's just there's multiple reasons why they do that but the reason why I'm saying that is when she walked out from the back she didn't look my way or she didn't direct her attention towards me immediately so the first thing I noticed was just her physique and her breast and you know her hair and I was like I'm like what is this I'm like bro this is your manager like <laughs> this is where you work and I guess by the fact that she witnessed me like all women do checking her out Whilst I was talking to my to my boy, I guess that provided her a window to check me up and down, seeing that I was focused on I was focusing my attention elsewhere. So 
I don't know. It's a wild dream. It was a, it was a pretty wild dream. Like, you know, it, it's funny how you can be abroad or you can be away from things and like parts of your life, you know, everything, things of your past resurface, like my fraternity, my fraternity brothers who I hadn't seen in years at that time were in my dream, just chilling, you know, having, you know, partying, you know, partying with me. And, and I see a guy from my neighborhood who I probably haven't spoken to in almost uh four or five years you know and even when we did speak it was like a short conversation at the 7-eleven and like here he was in my dream so it is kind of uh interesting how these things occur um but yeah i, I remember that dream that was a year ago but i remember that dream i, I don't remember what the lady looks like now but it, it's it's funny because yeah man at that at that party she pulled up on me and oh i wanted her so bad evidently too bad because it didn't last long um so boom here's the next excerpt so i spoke with a homie lou today and it's been confirmed it's been confirmed we were just born in the wrong era or something because shit is crazy how these women are my homie relates it to being Vegeta on Planet Namek when he swore that he was an ascended sand, but his hair was black as fuck. I mean, like, let's be serious. I think it's more like a vibe thing. Like, I must have some sort of repelling jutsu that I've cast on myself because the women in these streets have every, I mean, every excuse in the world as to why i can't get the pussy i'm a decent human being at least i thought i work with kids i thought that was admirable i exercise almost daily i mean i'm not i'm not sure as to what the deal is but there must be like an invisible an invisible cloak that that trails my body that screams make it hard for this guy it's almost like no one is having sex or if they are they're having sex with everybody else just not me Go. welcome to the angels in the politics podcast this is your host the white color goon and i am glad that you are here this journal entry is from Journals to Confections, and the date is September 6, 2018. Listen, I don't want to be that dude, but I just might have to be. I had been lying low and keeping it professional since I got here, here being the cruise ship. <sighs> But I'm getting tired of the bullshitting games. As of last night, as of last night, there was an impromptu low-key rager. And I was hunting. I mean, talking shit. Telling a woman indirectly that I wanted to eat her pussy. Like, I'm talking like, I'm talking it was like that. I mean, because of that. I don't know. Maybe I have a target on my back, particularly in the back deck. The back deck is where the bar is. I mean, I got a scope on me for real. I got a legitimate scope on me. 
So last night was Saturday and there were two young women whom I knew were signing off, signing off, leaving the ship. That was their last day. One girl had been playing games a bit, and to be honest, I wasn't too pressed. But the other girl was pretty fit. So I attempted to purchase a beer, (laughs) only to find out that my card was declined. I sat back down with my colleagues and waited it out. I didn't go smack. I didn't roll up on her at the table, but when the time came, I did hit the dance floor and made my way to the target. We spoke for a bit, and when the song was over... We continued to talk. We weren't having intimate conversations, but we were relatively close in proximity. Out of nowhere, one homegirl from South Africa, who I would presume is a lesbian, uh, by the simple fact that she was six foot something with broad shoulders and a stone cold uh, menacing I wasn't menacing, but she tried to have this like serious face, <laughs> serious d- disposition, you know. But some some big Amazonian <laughs> tall, <laughs> strong backed woman, <laughs> you know, swoops in, dude, swoops in like like that of an eagle, and says something to this girl in the middle of me and her talking. And drags the girl away claiming that she needs to talk to her. She just needs to because you know how girls are. Now if this girl who swoops in and, and pulls her away knows this young lady because they both work in the same department. They both worked in the spa department. So uh, by the time she leaves the room and comes back. <laughs> well, let, let, let's provide you with some context. When she pulls up on homegirl in the middle of me and her talking she says oh yeah 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 i just got to talk to her i have to talk to her and she's like pulling her away going to the bathroom and i'm sitting there like you didn't have to talk to this girl like stop playing it you didn't have to do that like you came over here because you saw what was about to happen are you you were seeing what was happening and if I can't say homegirl was giving me rhythm. Maybe that, maybe she gave a sign. Maybe she was like, look, there's going to be a dude that's going to come up to me. If you see me not feeling it, pull up on me, right? Pull up on me, take me out, right? So by the time the two ladies leave <laughs> and the girl who I was initially talking to comes back from the quote unquote bathroom, she walks smooth by me <laughs> only to sit back at her table that she was, that she was once at, right? I don't believe in coincidences, so I'm starting to see a pattern here, right? And I'm like, wait, am I a bad guy? Like, am I am I a creep? Am I am I trouble? You know, it's like this happened at the crew party with the old girl from from the shops that I was telling you the the Romanian um, bombshell. Now it's this uh. You know, blonde haired girl from 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 England is getting pulled away from me. And then now, you know, it's like it's a thing now. Like, like now it's officially a thing. I've been marked, bro. Like I've been marked. Not to mention that the woman who I've spent the only intimate time with on the ship, which I mentioned before in the journals, stunned it on the kid on her last night. So I mentioned about this young lady from California who had a ass like a dump truck, like like she had a, a a literal spare tire on her backside, like that type of girl. Um, yeah, I I went over to her dorm once or twice and ended up with not a damn thing. So, uh, on this same on this particular evening, 
she was signing off as well. So there was two different girls, two different girls that were signing off on the same night. And I try to shoot my shot with both of them. And here we go. I text her on the last night to come through. And of course, she isn't with the shit. You know, so so I've had to access my or I have not access. I had to assess my situation. What is my reality? Well, no matter where I've gone in the past five years, I've had significant trouble with women. And the answer isn't it's the woman's fault. It's clearly not. (laughs) Obviously, my psychology is wrong. My approach and behavior is incorrect. I've had a talk with my homegirl and she's agreed that my ideologies and expectations of women are to my detriment. She says I shouldn't focus on I shouldn't focus as much about the sex, but hone in on the pleasure of getting to know another human being. Maybe maybe if you maybe if you were more involved in the getting to know this woman process, getting comfortable with this woman process allowing her to open up to you process, maybe you might be in a a different situation when it comes to intimacy. Establishing a rapport with someone, establishing a rapport with someone else and making a connection. Um, I shouldn't focus on being sex, but oh yeah, she was saying I shouldn't focus as much about the sex, but hone in on the pleasure of getting to know another human being. I should focus on establishing a rapport with someone else and making a connection. Um, I need to be aware that women are much more than sexual beings. They are humans. Let's start there. <laughs> and they should be acknowledged. They should be acknowledged as humans before pretty Organisms that have smooth legs and long hair and sweet tasting middles. Um, All of my setbacks have inspired me to be better. All of my setbacks have inspired me to do better. It's inspired me to, to come up in these fucking streets. Like the come up is real. So yeah. I must channel this power. I must channel this defeat. I must channel this despair. I must channel this melancholy and allow it to be a part of my creativity. Go. So a few nights ago, I had this wild dream whereby my brother and I were both in the military. Like, with the full camouflage shit. Like, heading to boot camp type of shit. Like, real. I honestly wasn't too keen on the whole idea, (laughs) Um, but I kind of had an uneasy feeling about the whole thing. But anyways, my parents were driving my brother and I up this mountain to get to the military base. It was hot and in the middle of the afternoon and going up to this place made you feel like we were in Guam or some Polynesian Pacific country. (laughs) Surprisingly enough, prior to me getting up to the base, which was at the top of the mountain, I catch wind of some news from the general public or news from the general. Oh, general, like in the military. I catch some wind of I catch some wind. 
I catch wind of some news from the general saying that either my date was postponed or perhaps I was re- removed from the list. Um, maybe it was like <laughs> maybe it was like some sort of draft, but either way, I was excited. We got up to the base and ended up turning the vehicle around to head back down to the mountain, and suddenly there was an explosion. Like, shit on the base was in flames, and we could see smoke, debris, covering the sky. Like, all I could think to myself was, damn, that could have been me there, and it should have been me there. I was so close. Like, right after that, the dream shifts to me being back home in Chesapeake. Um, but I had the old, oh yeah, the dream shifts to me being back home in Chesapeake, but I had the old school fraternity brothers as neighbors, like, you know, my homie Mawali and Michael Lowry and, uh, Eddie Daiking, people, people who have been in the fraternity 10 plus years before I was, you know, um, these guys were grilling, (laughs) they were grilling outdoors, like it was a nice little cookout and it was like some massive block party. You know, later on in my dream, I found myself riding in a lawnmower, attempting to, (laughs) riding in a lawnmower, attempting to head to Greenbrier Mall. The wild part was I vividly remember my brother or father trying to fit a dog or something inside the lawnmower to ride, to ride along with me. Uh, Like this was a red push lawnmower, (laughs) push lawnmower that had a retractable top that a full-sized person could get inside of. I know it was weird, but I didn't get too far in my neighborhood because it was too difficult to control. All right. So this is, that was one of my excerpts from Dreamers Anonymous. Dreamers Anonymous was, is still in uh, Journals to Confections. Um, here's the next dream that I had uh, the following day. So last night I was having trouble sleeping. No news there. Um, I was in and out of sleep limbo, but when I finally did get to sleep, things got interesting. So I started off in my neighborhood, but people from the ship were there. I was out front of the guy's house in my neighborhood with all the white cars when with uh okay. I was out front of I was out front of this guy's house in my neighborhood who has all of the white cars um, with my boy John Thomas Morgan and a few other people. <laughs> and we were smoking a backwood. John Thomas Morgan is a guy from South Africa who <laughs> who worked on the cruise ship with me. And he was in the art department. He he worked in the art department, but he, he wasn't there long. Rhea which was a girl from the ship. She was a CPA. She was there in my dream, but she wasn't smoking. And the pretty girl with the bangs, a.k.a. the Romanian bombshell that I mentioned, was there, but I didn't even say a word to her. Even in my dreams, I was keeping her on ice, (laughs) trying to play it cool. You know, we were in some sort of session, but, but I can't tell you what was being discussed. The next episode of my dream shifted to my backyard, but everyone was under a tent. My family was there, and evidently Jay Z was there too, since he brought, <laughs> since he brought the ribs, <laughs> since he brought the ribs that I couldn't eat for some reason. <laughs> My elder brother had some women 
fall through whom I didn't know and they seemed nice. I sat down at a table with whoever it was and began eating my food. The last part of the dream was weird. I felt like I was on some family trip in Iceland. Uh, my uncle Preston and my cousin Isaac was there. Like either either way, there was the guy from the movies, the old dad from Greenleaf, who kind of looks like Dick Gregory. Oh yeah, <laughs> okay. So there was the guy from the movies, the old dad from Greenleaf, who kind of looks like Dick Gregory. Either way, that guy had a he had a shit ton to say to me. And I don't know what compelled me to lunge at him because I'm not a violent person. But I lunged at him and that old man was strong as fuck. I mean, he ended up slinging me to the wall and he hemmed my ass up. Like, I was standing there feeling embarrassed being owned by this 80-year-old man and I'm supposed to be, you know, young and in shape and this, that, and the third. Yo, he had my feet dangling in the air. <laughs> even my, even my, what? I forgot who it was. Even my father had to ask me what was up and how did I let that man disrespect me like that? You know, I try to play it off by saying I didn't want to go in on the elderly man, but all in all, in reality, he got the best of me. You know, he got, he just had the best of me, and I don't know why. Go. Dreamers Anonymous, September, is that 10th or 16th? It might, it might be... It might, it might be the 10th. I'm not sure where I was, but I felt like I was in the bar in my dreams. Doing what? I don't rightfully know, but I can recall getting picked up in some... <laughs> but I can recall getting picked up in some derelict shopping center parking lot by my boy Vince and his mom or his mother. The day was gloomy. Perhaps it had been raining on and off. I don't know what has what, I don't know what that has to do with anything, but that was just in the dream. Dreams are so random, dude. Like dreams are so random. You you can go to sleep and you wake up and you had like an episode. It's almost like you've been you you've sat through a movie, but the movie was your mind. <laughs> your 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 unconscious and subconscious played a played a film for you whilst you slept and you wake up and you're trying to piece together what that movie was about yeah, like even my dream my dreams are like avant-garde and they're abstract they don't even it's like there's there's not a direct or a yeah there's not a direct narrative or storyline that like pieces these things they're just kind of a little bit everywhere and scattered so i don't know this is uh, a part of that same journal entry from the 10th of September, 2018. So, what have you learned about yourself? Well, I've learned you can't force the issue if it's not meant to be. <laughs> Living abroad for two years and being back home for two years has put me in a totally different state. I must learn to not measure my success or align my confidence slash self-esteem with what I do with women. 
At the same time, I am so attracted to the feminine. I love the psychology. I love the aesthetic. I love the smell. I love the taste of women. Well, I haven't felt or tasted shit in years. But that's the that's besides the point. <laughs> what truly makes me happy, what genuinely provides me joy. Since 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 when did I use vices such as alcohol and weed to compensate for my happiness? Since when did I become Since when did the two become intertwined? Since when did I did I need these constituents for me to function for me to have a for me to have a social life right so that's that i ended up writing right afterwards and saying hey you know going into going into a personal story so please follow me so last night i attempted to walk a person of interest back home and it and it appeared (laughs) okay So last night I attempted to walk a person of interest back home and it appeared that she was with it. Not with it, it like down the fuck, but okay with me walking her home. I mean, we, I mean, my radar could have been a bit off since I finished off that bottle of Bacardi last night and moved on to some new rum that I purchased called Atlantico. Um, I mean, your boy had the bottle tucked in the fun factory size bag at the bar last night and I was pouring it under the table like it was contraband in that motherfucker like be that as it may things went along smoothly smoothly and I was pretty buzzed but not drunk but you know I was pretty buzzed now unlike the Brazilian night you know <laughs> where I was turned up you know there was there was a bit of conversation so I requested to walk her home after she finished her beverage, and this young lady agreed. As we walked back, the conversation was light, and by the time we made it to her room, I attempted to make a play. Making a play is like shooting your shot. (laughs) She thanked me for walking her home, but as she speedily attempted to enter her room, I made one of many failing attempts to get myself in there. Of course... To no avail. Homegirl practically. No she didn't practically do it. Homegirl slammed the door shut on me. With no kiss. No hug. No form of affection. Like my nose was this close. From the door. Like slamming smooth on it. Right. So what have I concluded from. From this. (sighs) The answer is sad to say, but I have to be real with myself, and it's this. The woman out here, the women out here, can not only feel the thirst, but they can smell it on a nigga. They can smell and feel the thirst on me miles away. It's like it's like I I try to I try to pull off that cool and laid back shit. The God's honest truth is I'm ready to pounce on the next piece of pussy like it's nobody's business because it has been years 
since I've taken something down. Like it hasn't been years since I've been with women. It hasn't it hasn't been years since I uh, since I've you know had some intimacy. But it's been years since I've taken it down. It's been ages since I've eaten a girl out. It's been decades since I've eaten ass. Not really decades. Well, it feels like it. So you know, it's hard to fake the funk. It's really, it's really hard to fake the funk because I cannot fake the funk. Faking is not what I can do. I cannot fake the funk. I'm not looking to take down a. I'm not looking down to take down. I'm not looking to take down a bucket. A bucket is a pejorative term for a woman, I guess, that you feel is not attractive in your standards. Please don't call women that. Um, but the truth of the matter is, some. <laughs> Hey, I'm not looking to take down a bucket, but the truth of the matter is some of these white girls who are a bit basic (laughs) are starting to look like they can catch the full package from me. That's kind of sad. Things would be so smooth if I just had a steady piece of some low key work. That's what I need. I need some steady work, some steady work. And that would bring me up. But I don't know. A shorty who's not on the scene, and I need a shorty who's not on the scene. I need a shorty who's about a lifestyle, but at the same time, she doesn't want the attention. She she's not out there flexing. She's not out there. She's not out there, you know, flipping her hair for every dude and batting her eyes because she needs that because she has low self esteem. No, I, a girl like that would work wonders for me because when I would step out. And see these women, I wouldn't come across, I wouldn't come off as strong. You know what I'm saying? I, I wouldn't come across thirsty. Actually, my nuts would be light, so to speak. So my game would be more chill. My 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 disposition would be more relaxed. I mean, I've been used, I've been used as a tool to hype up. I've been used as a tool to hype up this girl's stock because uh, she knew that if we were on land or you know uh, if we were back home in the states I probably wouldn't be giving her old girl no play like that you know I honestly got played so other girls couldn't (laughs) honestly got played so other girls couldn't catch this work and at the end of the day I still didn't get anything I still didn't get any pussy I've had lesbians you know, snatch up females while speaking to them right in front of my face. I got so many forces working against me, but I haven't found the golden yet. Okay. What happened to the gold? Where is, where are the homegirls who's about it? Where is that special homegirl? Who's like with the shits? Where is that shorty that, (laughs) where is the shorty that loves sucking dick? Where is that shorty that loves sucking dick and takes dick with a game face? I believe if I were a quiet guy, if I were a quiet guy, this wouldn't even be a concern. Goon.